Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. I haven't got long today, but I'm just going to talk to you about something that just been stirring in my spirit again and... Uh, Got stirring again too while I was away. Don't show any photos, but just while I was away having a bit of a ski with my brother and uh, having a early 60th birthday present with my brother, having a holiday after, uh, actually after a decade or two. But while I was away, I kept thinking, after being saved for 41 years, this, this year gone, I kept thinking to myself, even as I was you know, there with people where we were staying and then you were eating, you're seeing crowds of people, and I kept thinking to myself, the meaning that God has brought to my life is incredible. The meaning that God wants to bring to your life, if you don't know that, is incredible. But I have, I had a four-decade reflection to go, you know, Sue and I both could be addicts today. We could be, you know, from our childhoods, we could be addicted to this, that, and the other. You know, I might not be on the planet. We could have all kinds of things happening, but Jesus came and brought meaning to my life. And I want to say to everybody here right now, wherever you're at, whatever your age is, God has got meaning for you. And He wants us to ask Him the question, <laughs> what do you want me to do, Lord? What do you want me to do in this season? And also, He definitely wants Christians to be asking others in the house of God, leaders, pastors, those who are ahead of you in the game of the kingdom, what should I be doing right now so that you are walking into increasing meaning? We walked into increasing meaning because we keep asking along the journey, is this, what, is this it for this year, 2022? Is this it, 2012? Is this it, 1998? Are we doing it, what we're meant to do this year? And Sue and I did not do it in isolation. You don't do it in isolation, everybody. Ask people around you. You want to end up in problems? Come up with stuff yourself. When we need to be saying, Lord, what do you want us to do and help us to do that? And even right now with uh, Quebec, Canada, it's an interesting one because I was probably the slowest one out of the eldership team. <laughs> Actually, I was the slowest one. <laughs> but God, <laughs> no laughing, you guys. But God, right, he's got the plan and he's got more for us to do, not less. And so God is, you know, uh, he'll grace us to be able to do more and contain more when we ask Him for that. But you don't burn out when you're doing God's will and you're doing it in His timing and in His way. Many times I meet leaders and pastors and they're like, I got burnout. I'm like, what? Huh? What are you doing? And uh, I discover that many times they're burning out because they lit their own fire. If you light your own fire, you'll burn out. But if you have asked God with counsel, what should I be doing? You will end up in a life of great meaning. And I want to say to you right now, Moses in the book of Exodus, which uh, Moses was now on the run in the desert, if you like. He was a wanderer. He was on the run. He'd killed an Egyptian. He was Jewish. Now he's in the desert. Yet, after 40 years, God comes to him in the desert to bring great meaning to his life. Can I encourage you, if you're in a desert right now, God's come to bring meaning to you. And by the way, it's not too late. Some people think, oh, I'm too old, it's too late, it's too this, too that. No, it's not too late. 
God can come to you at any age he likes. And he came to Moses late in life when he's an old man and says, right, now I want to use you. Now I want you to speak. And I want to encourage everybody, don't give God the parameters of how he uses your life. Did the clock blow up? I think the clock just blew up, but there we go. The parameters of that clock will not hold me back. (sighs) So God tells Moses, I'm going to send you to go and speak to Pharaoh. And Moses says in Exodus 4.4, but suppose they don't believe me or listen to me. But say, well, the Lord didn't even appear to you. Listen, we need to not be worried about what people think when we step up. When God's calling you to step up. And uh, when God brings people to, an, to a, you know, if God, God saves people into, a, into the house of God, but he also adds people. If God adds people into the house, he's doing one of three things. Number one, he's trying to teach somebody from another church something in the new house, and he sends them there to have that added in. Next one, he's trying to get people to, to serve at a new level of service and kingdom purpose. It's not the service, it's coming into the kingdom purpose in the house that then gives revelation for out of the house. And the last one is God moves people to a house who are Christians already because he wants to grow them in their responsibility. And they think, oh, no, it's more work. No, 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 it's not about getting more work. It's about getting your grandchildren into destiny. As you take that area of responsibility, your grandchildren serve the Lord. So God is coming to Moses, giving him meaning in the wilderness. And then Moses is still going, even after God said, take off your shoes, you're standing on holy ground. By the way, when God said to Moses, take off your shoes, you're standing on holy ground, he was saying, leave the sins of the past here, leave the dirt here. And leave the journey of the past. Come on, leave the sins, the dirt of those shoes, leave them here, and leave your previous journeys. Christians are not very good at leaving journeys behind. We are the most confused people. We follow a God who says, leave the past behind, and what do we do? We all take the past with us. Come on, past, past people, past situations, past sins, and then we go, Lord, I'm here. <laughs> and the Lord goes, yeah, I'm really trying to use you, but I need you to kind of drop that bag, drop that bag, drop that one, and uh, move on. As somebody once said, some of us come into the kingdom with enough luggage for six world trips, but there's a point where you have to give them to God and release them and release some of the people attached to those trips and move on. Did you get that? So, so Moses said, I can't speak, haven't spoken before. Verse 10, slow of speech, slow of tongue. And he starts describing to God everything that he can't do. You know what, everyone? We need to stop telling God what we can't do. Stop telling God what you can't do. Stop telling God that that can't happen. I've had quite a few things that could make me stop uh, doing what I'm doing. We went, Sue and I left Sydney, went to London, planted a London Christian Life Center, became London Hillsong with three people. I just had coffee with one of the people who came with us. They moved into our house for six months, live with us. They survived. They have a church in Brisbane now, which is awesome, doing a great job. And, uh, but I'm like, okay, and then who thought, who thought, hey, go to Perth now. Yeah, you're from Sydney. I was going to sit back to where I came from. God goes, go to Perth. Doors shut in Sydney. Over. You can ski there this year. That's it. <laughs> and then God's like, go there, do this. And then now God goes, hey, we'll have Zambia as well. Hey, and let's get Rwanda going. And hey, move Justin into your house. And then, hey, do this. Listen, God asks us to do something, but if you respond well, you'll have a life full of meaning. You'll have a life full of meaning. And if you have a life full of God's meaning, you'll have a life full of fulfillment. 
God is not trying to cause us to be unfulfilled. He wants our lives fulfilled. He wants our lives fulfilled. God wants your life fulfilled. But I want to just speak to all the Christians right now who have, an, who, have, uh, who have a propensity to sabotage their life when it gets good. That would be all of you. You're all listening so well. Queensland young people were so noisy when I preached there last week. Perth people are very... <laughs> just saying, just saying. So Proverbs 14 verse 1 says, The wise woman builds her house on a foundation of godly precepts and her household thrives. I thank God for Sue there and many of the mothers in our church here right now who you have brought your children up on godly precepts. Not where, you, not where you read in that magazine, no idea, new idea. Not where you read in an online forum, but you went to Jesus and brought your children up on godly precepts. It says here, and her household thrives. 14.1 again, the Amplified, but the foolish one who lacks spiritual insight, listen, tears it down with her own hands by ignoring godly principles. It's possible for you to be a Christian and be a Christian parent and be building your house upon God and His Word, and then at some point you start tearing it down. And that's not just the women, that's the men too. How I many people are serving God and they're doing things and they're building year after year after year, and then suddenly they do something, you're like, what the heck are they doing? And they're like now tearing down what was built. Everybody, don't sabotage your life now. Don't start wrecking it when God's just about to get it really good. But say, Lord, help me to get my hand off. You guys all know the imaginary sabotage button. And say, Lord, help me now to stay taking the posture of a servant. Lord, help me to humble myself again. Humble yourself again. Humble yourself. Humble yourself for the first time. Humble yourself again. Humble yourself for the first time. And take your hand off there. Because God wants to get the party started. <laughs> the party of meaning and fulfillment, but don't start tearing down what God has been building and also you've been building. How many Christians do that? It's like, this is just getting good. And then we're like, take the bricks down on the house. Like, no, leave the brick where it was. Leave the house where it was. And give God your insecurities. Give God your fears. Give them to God. Lord, here's my insecurity. Moses needs to say, God, take my insecurity over my speaking. Take my insecurity over my talking. Take my fears. Give that to God. Instead of telling God, which he does in verse 13, he says, oh, Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may want to send to speak because it shouldn't be me. And he, he starts counseling God on who God might like to send to preach to Pharaoh. That's like a lot of us. The Lord's like, start speaking to us, and we're like, thank you, Lord. Yes, use Pastor Jordan. Send him, he'd be good. <laughs> the Lord starts telling you this. You, I want to use you here, and you're like, oh, Lord, hallelujah. Thank you that Pastor Spencer and Leah will do that. <laughs> you start, Lord's like speaking to you. You're getting a conviction. You're like, thank you that that person down the end of the road, that's for them, amen. <laughs> Everybody, don't tell God his will. Don't tell God His will. And by the way, don't try and control God's plan for your life. All right, Pastor Jared, you're on it this morning. That skiing's gone well for you. 
fresh air. Don't try and control God's plan for your life. I meet people all the time. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, I'm believing for this. I'm believing for that. I'm believing for a Christian school, beach view. Believing for that. Believing for this. Believing. I'm like, hang on. Hang on a minute. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Where does God come into this? I'm believing for a job that pays this. Believing for a car for that. Believing for this. Believing for that. Believing for a car, a job, house, this, that. And where's God fit there? Oh, yes. Of course, it's all the Lord. <laughs> Everybody, the Lord doesn't come in at the end. If it's the Lord, He's there at the beginning. If it's the Lord, He doesn't do it in your independent, secretive, surprising Christianity walk for everybody. <laughs> you meet some people, it's like, how are you going? And then suddenly they go out, surprise! And you're like, what? They're like, I'm moving to Botswana. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> are you from Botswana? No, no, just had a quiet time last week. That's where I'm going. People, this is not, I'm not joking. This is Christians all over the world. What's happening now? I took a job. Where's the job? It's in, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Give me some country in the Pacific. <laughs> Where was that? It's in, Fi oh, I take a job in Fiji. Come on. <laughs> oh, Fiji. Yes, Lord, your servant heareth. <laughs> no, it's these random people. Listen. You got to get counsel, commissioned and sent. A lot of Christians took a microphone and went to who knows what. God ain't in us doing our own deal. He's in commissioning and sent, anointed, working through things, wisdom, getting God in in the beginning. <laughs> Moses suggesting to God, hey, uh, you know, you might want to think about it because I'm a really good counselor, God. Get someone else. Everybody, God's trying to bring you to meaning, but stop fighting Him. Stop fighting Him. Fight for the gospel. Like Spencer and Leah are going to fight for the gospel in Montreal, but don't fight God. Some of you Christians for years, and they, oh, it's almost like they've got to physically fight God in a service to not listen. <laughs> Where's my phone? Quick. Everybody, don't fight God. That's where fulfillment is. That's where meaning is. That's where you're going to get to my age and look back and go, oh my gosh, this is good. How good is God? Living a life with meaning, meaning. You look at the crowds of people and go, I wonder how many people are living with meaning. By the way, I was, I went to, where I was staying when I had my little snow holiday, I went down to, they put fireworks on one night. Obviously they were for me. That's what I told myself. Anyway, but I went over and I walked past this couple and I thought, oh, I bet they're pastors where I'm staying. And this is no joke. I just walked past, I nearly said, and I thought, ah, oh, don't say it. that's a bit you know, just saying, I bet your pastors. The next night, I'm sitting there with my brother and I look over and they said, let's pray and do grace right now. And the whole table leaned over where we we're staying in the snow and prayed and said grace. I said to my brother, I was right. But meaning, I think I was picking up the anointing of meaning. They're walking in it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, our culture today, everybody, I need to hurry up and finish, but our culture today is so much of looking for meaning on the inside. Looking in here, finding out all the things you want to find out about yourself and then asserting yourself over everybody or against everybody. And then what people are wanting is they're wanting people to affirm them for the rest of their lives because they've discovered who they are on the inside. 
Everybody, that's an incredibly fragile life and identity that people are living where they're looking for, everybody recognize me. I'm this, I've discovered I'm 23, whatever I am. <laughs> whatever I make up, that's who I am. And then they're wanting everybody to affirm them for the rest of their days. Oh gosh. And then people, here's, here's the thing. If you don't get your life right with God, you spend your life trying to get right with people. Virtue signaling is trying to make everybody feel right. Do you feel happy? Do you feel right? Do you feel like I've loved you? Do you feel like right? Have I affirmed you enough? You end up exhausting yourself trying to get right with people because you're not right with God. And people who got their identity from going in, you end up with this fragile life because everybody, are they affirming you enough? Are they affirming you enough? And can I say to you, people can never affirm you enough if you start there. And you end up enslaved. Where Jesus... And all of history has been about the God of the universe outside of me. The amazing, incredible God who created me, gave me breath, put me on the planet, gave me unique talents and gifts. But He's so amazing, He did it to a multitude. His his ways are higher, His thoughts are higher, and then I get to serve Him and to know Him. Oh my gosh. And while the world thinks freedom is to cast off all restraints, no restrictions, no boundaries, be everything, do everything, you end up finding they all end up in bondage. (laughs) They end up in addiction. And I like what uh, Isaiah Berlin, the Russian-British philosopher said. He said there's negative freedom and positive freedom. Negative freedom is freedom from. People want freedom from this, freedom from everything's an oppressor, (laughs) freedom from that, freedom, there's no restrictions. And they end up bound. And it's actually the opposite of positive freedom, which everybody, positive freedom and healthy love and healthy relationships, positive freedom is the more committed you are, the more happy you are. The more committed you are to the family, to the marriage, to the children, the more happy ultimately you are. It looks like you're not going to be, but ultimately you are. Same is for Christianity. For those of us who realize that you follow the Lord, and you serve the Lord and you be in His house and you be planted. Well, God, when we got to Perth, God was like, home base. You went to London, you're from Sydney, but home base will be Perth. That's family, commit. Commit, positive freedom. And so as we committed, as we stayed, as we loved, guess what? We grew and we were happy and fulfilled. And we found, hello, our extended family in you. But so many Christians, they just wander about not... Not with purpose. I'm talking about who move. God moves you for purpose. The ones who just are wandering about, it's actually still that broken childhood, foster child in the kingdom now, wandering about, but never free, never free. Yet God wants your life free, and He wants you full of meaning. Negative freedom, which I said is all restrictions, all boundaries off, tends to eat up committed long-term relationships. Eats them up. You watch people who you thought, man, they'll be together forever. Breaks up, breaks up, not happen. Because their view of freedom is different to the biblical view of freedom. God's freedom is in faithfulness and in commitment and in the God who's outside of me, not the God (laughs) that I think I might be. Your freedom is in the God of the universe who loves you so much. Everybody, last thought, last thought. Victory is in the surrendered life. Fulfillment is in the surrendered life. Victory is in the surrendered life. Victory for your life is in the surrendered life. 
Victory for your life is in the surrendered life. Fulfillment for your life is in the surrendered life. Fulfillment in your life is in the surrendered life. Victory for your life is in the surrendered life. What does a surrendered life look like? There's no fight. You stop talking about yourself all the time. <laughs> you stop talking about what you're going to do, what you want, what you, you stop talking about it. You just surrender and say, Lord, I'm here. Here to help. Easy to be entreated and God goes, wow, I can work through you and use you. God does test that though, as you all know, with Tenacious House. Don't be worried when God tests you to do something. You remember me, my dad was such an abusive, psychotic, violent alcoholic. So terrible. My childhood was a nightmare. And then God says to me, how many years ago is that now? It's probably 11 years ago. God says to me in my prayer time in the morning, start a recovery center for drug addicts and alcoholics. I was like, Lord, start it yourself. Do you know who my dad was? Do you know my childhood? God's like, yeah, Jared, I need you to now. I'm like, I'm not starting no rehab for drug addicts and alcoholics. Get Riverview. Get Hillsong. Get somebody else. Get anybody. I'm not doing it. No way. And I had to confess to Dave Harding, year two. Dave, I'm in rebellion against something with God. <laughs> Dave, our elder, Dave's like, what is it? <laughs> so he told me to start a recovery center for alcoholics. I'm not doing it. Dave's like, what? I'm going to pray. <laughs> Dave started praying for me for two years. And he goes to me, are you obeying God yet? I went, nope. Don't laugh at me. Some of you still haven't got to home group. Anyway. <laughs> or, hang on, or early to church. But anyway. Anyway, moving along. Anyway. So, and then four years later, I said to Dave Harding, okay, let's, let's go and let's talk about it. And we start the recovery center. And now, thank God. Biggest privilege, one of the biggest privileges of my life now is that we've started that recovery center and where men are overcoming addictions, life-controlling issues. 200, over 250, 260 men go through now. So many of them made a decision for the Lord. Government accreditation. I'm so grateful, so glad. And even in the last service, somebody came up to me and he goes, a guy comes up to me in the last service because I talked about it and he said to me, thanks, Pastor Ed, for saying yes. I'm one of the ones receiving the benefit. And I said, so glad, man. So glad. In the last service. Everybody, there's someone behind your Yes. 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 There's someone waiting for you to say yes behind your yes. Is it your children? Is it your grandchildren? Is it your neighbor? There's someone behind your yes. But the victory is in the surrender. Can I encourage everybody today? God wants to give your life new meaning, fresh meaning, great meaning for the first time. But it all comes when we say, Lord, I open to you and I surrender to you. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a short minute or two. Can I encourage you? Open your heart to God. Um, it's all in the response with God. It's all in the response. It's so funny in our culture now. We're, such, we're kind of like we're so responsive to social media clicks. But then with people, we're like, like, oh, my gosh, my social media page. I need to check how many likes I got. And we're like, we're so obsessed. And then with God, we're like, Everybody, forget the social media and go, Lord, help me to respond to you. Because in respond to him, responding to Him, you are going to have a meaningful life. You're going to have a fulfilled life. You are going to have a blessed breakthrough life. In Jesus' name, can someone say a big amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today. 
Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.